1: Hello everyone. In today's episode, I am speaking with Dr. Michelle Deering. Dr. Deering believes that every mother and daughter should have a thriving, loving relationship. This refreshing approach has made her a sought after speaker, online educator, and consultant. Before running her consulting business, Michelle served as a licensed psychologist and board certified sports psychologist at a big 10 university. Fortune 500 corporate trainer, and higher education professional. Nowadays, you'll find her speaking at conferences, training for her next Reebok Spartan sprint race, and practicing rudiments on her drum kit, all while coaching, serving clients, and recording her hit podcast, Mother-Daughter Connections. Dr. Deering is also a bestselling author of What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters. This book debuted in the top five of Amazon's new releases in two categories, parenting, and lifespan development, and it remains in the top 100 of Kindle books. Lastly, Dr. Daring has a program launching in March called the Conflict to Closeness Mom Mentorship Circle. This is a mentoring program that is available by application only, and I will link to it within the show notes below. Today's episode will discuss the importance of the mother-daughter relationship and how we can flourish it from toddlerhood through the teenage years and beyond. Let's dive in. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode, this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Our first sponsor today is Navy Hair Care. I have been working with Navy Hair Care since they launched back in 2018. At that time, I was about a year postpartum, With our third child and my hair was experiencing some trouble after some significant postpartum hair loss navy really helped to strengthen my hair and i noticed a big difference about one to two months after using it regularly with biotin vitamins and rosemary oil this shampoo and conditioner combo has been part of my daily routine for years now i also use the charcoal mask every one to two weeks to help revitalize my hair it helps to dry out toxins heavy metals and impurities, which we have plenty of since we have well water. This mask will leave your hair feeling incredibly soft and lightweight. You can use the code Lindsay L Y N Z Y for 30% off your order, and I will leave the links to the products I mentioned within the show notes. Today's show is also sponsored by Cerebelli. Cerebelli was founded by neurosurgeon Teresa Persner. You can hear all about the story that inspired the brand within the episode we recorded together about six months ago. After becoming a neurosurgeon, Teresa went back to school to earn her PhD in developmental neurobiology at Stanford. After having her three children, she was having a hard time finding baby food that focused on the proper nutrients needed for the developing brain. And thus, Sarah Belli was born. Did you know that 80% of a baby's brain is fully developed by the age of three? Cerebelli is the only brand of organic purees that provide 16 key brain supporting nutrients. Let your baby explore veggie first, clean label project certified flavors with no added sugar and spoonfuls of nutrients with Cerebelli. Parenting is an art, Cerebelli is science. And you know how much I love science. My kids also enjoy their smart bars, which are great for a quick, nutrient packed snack for on the go. Today's listeners can get up to 35% off your first order. Of Sarah Belly with code Lindsay20. That's L-Y-N-Z-Y-20. Plus an additional 15% off when you subscribe and save. Good morning, Dr. Deering. I am happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks so much for having me here, Lindsay. I'm totally excited. So I having three daughters myself, <laughs> I am really excited to hear everything you have to say today about creating a healthy relationship with our, with our daughters and building confidence that they can instill within them, you know, as they're growing up from, you know, even toddlerhood all the way through until they're moving out of our house. Of course, you want right. to be able to like build that foundation before they like peace out and leave. Right. <laughs> Am I doing it right? I don't know. Right, It's just a question I constantly ask myself every day. And I'm always looking for ways to, you know, how do I instill this in the younger ages? And then, of course, as they enter into that like preteen era, which is kind Mm -hmm. of where, you know, I feel like my eight and a half year old is kind of getting into that point where she can handle all those bigger conversations and everything. So Mm -hmm. that's been actually pretty, I mean, pretty cool, honestly. You're going from this like toddlerhood where, you know, they weren't listening to you half the time and never listened. And then (laughs) it's, it's like, oh, Mom, what did you say? Okay, I'll go do that. And I'm like, "Wait, what?" Wait, <laughs> right. hey, what? So, it's it's been really, really nice to have that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start today's podcast off with you just talking a little bit about your history and, you know, how you grew up and then how that led into what you're so passionate about today, which is that mother-daughter connection.
2: Well, first off, I was raised in the South Bronx. Uh, by my mom, who is a single mom who had emigrated from Jamaica. And again, I'll kind of just put pieces of this together because there's a lot that one can read in my book, What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters. But in terms of my relationship with her, it was almost like this understood her, she and I were partnering with a goal in mind, which was for me to do better in life than she had done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you know she could live off the fruits of her labor, I mean mm-hmm. not to be crass mm-hmm. about it, but mm-hmm. you know that 's what every mom wants is for their daughter to actually do better than they have in life and so and so that 's the way things were with us, but it led to because it was a a Jamaican household, and for your audience who might not know in a Jamaican household, it's really about King's English. Everything's proper. You need to be mm-hmm. on your P's and Q's. And so for, for her, in all her desire for me, she was just very critical about everything that uh, I did. And so my solace, really what I found my solace in athletics, because that was the first place that I actually found affirmation about things that I could do do, and do well splice in there, you know, there were things that she didn't know about because she was busy working where I was being sexually abused by different family members Mm -hmm. and physically abused. And so there was also this aspect of me actually not finding a safe space to actually express what was going Mm -hmm. on with me at the time. And so, you know, fast forward through my tween teen years and in through college and after college, you know, I meet my you know, now BFF hubby. (laughs) (laughs) And so we found out we were having twin daughters and Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to have boys. So, (laughs) so you imagine the surprise (laughs) when the ultrasound is like, ah, you're having girls. And I was like, say what? (laughs) It's always a huge surprise. Right. right, Always (laughs) a huge surprise. But for me, my shock was more about not really feeling like I had the wherewithal to raise daughters. And so, Mm. you know, when they were born, it was this process of me realizing, okay, well, I I know what I didn't have with my mom. Mm -hmm. Let me now focus on doing differently. And with all my good intentions and with all that, you know, I started off great. (laughs) And then, you know, the pressures of life, you know, I was working at a D1 university, you know, in athletics and whatnot, and, and just having like a very stressful time. And it got to the point where all of the, the nice mother-daughter moments that I had cultivated over their mm. early years became more... Well, have you gotten this done? When they got to middle school, it was all about, you know, focusing on, you know, tasks and things of that nature. And my stress level was just out the wazoo. And it ended up affecting one of my relationship with one of my twin daughters to the point where, you know, now she's not wanting to live anymore. And I thought, Mm -hmm. whoa, that was my big pause. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That was my first big pause, where I realized I need to really take care of me first. And figure out what's going on because I'm seeing the impact on my daughter. And so it took several years. Fast forward, the caveat to all of this, we have a wonderful relationship now. She's out there crushing it. I'll talk (laughs) about that later. But then the second big pause I had was when we moved to a cul-de-sac in North Carolina that had a lot of younger moms. Mm-hmm. And I would see how they would interact with their daughters differently than with their sons. And, I, mm. and, and it started to pain me because it was reminding me a lot of stuff that was going on with my mom when I was younger. And I wanted to be of help. And so fast forward, I end up, I, I'm an athlete, so I run Spartan races. I had a flu- fluke accident in the house and ended up two hip surgeries later convalescing. And thinking to myself, how can I be, what's really on my heart right now, since I have nothing else to do with my time
1: (laughs) than to sit here and think. (laughs) But you know what, that happened for a reason, right? (laughs)
2: Exactly, exactly. And so that's what birthed the What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters book. And once I went through that process of writing the book and it went out and it's a bestseller, I'm sort of like, okay, I'm really wanting to just switch my life now, to focus on this, because this is so important, because I mm-hmm. firmly believe that your relationship with your mom is foundational for all of your future success, whether it's personally, professionally, and parentally, if mm-hmm. you choose to be a parent. And so that's my my heart, which is to help moms, to help them really create the kinds of um, close communications and meaningful communications and and connections with their daughter that they really desire. And so that's what I'm all about.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I have a few questions off of that. Sure. So, I know many, many people sent in questions for you and a lot of them were based on exactly what you were talking about, which was you found out you were pregnant with twins and they Mm -hmm. were daughters and you didn't want what had happened during your childhood to be repeated in your own, you know, with your own children. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any words of advice as far as that goes? Like, is it Is it primarily that you need to work on yourself first? Like, is it helpful for that person to talk it out with someone else and figure out, you know, what makes them triggered or what makes them, you know, want to, you know, act a certain way towards their own children because of based on, you know, how they grew up? Like, is there something you suggest for them to not repeat those past issues that they've had with their own parents?
2: Yeah. First off, before I answer that question, I want to say that everyone's journey is different. And so with that in mind, because I, 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 I really don't like making like broad sweeping general statements out of respect for everyone's story, because everyone's story is unique to them. And it's what's brought them to where they are now. Mm-hmm. And so my encouragement is for a mom to actually really, in her day to day, really pause to consider what's going on in her own behavior. And the way you kind of can track that is by attending to what's going on in your body. Mm. I think we as moms, we're going from thing to thing to thing all the time. We're constantly on the go, holding every other everybody else's stuff. And we we put ourselves last. And my contention is that we need to flip that. <laughs> we talk about daughter empowerment, you know, the word empowerment in and of itself, really that if I'm a word wordsmith. So, you know, the M is about, you know, bestowing power. Mm-hmm. And so that bestowing of power, it's coming from somewhere. And if we as moms want to empower our daughters, we first have to figure out, well, what is it that we're giving them? <laughs> and the only way to really take stock of that is to really pause. Anyone who hangs around me long enough will The the ad nauseum, I'm always saying, Have you paused to consider (laughs) your behavior in the moment? That would be the first step,
1: yeah. So, I also wanted to go back to what you said there. You were talking about, you know, moving to the cul de sac, and you noticed that, you know, there were mothers that were treating their daughters differently than their sons. What was it that you noticed specifically?
2: There's this. Uh, and again, I say this with all due respect because i I did it myself, yeah, you yeah. know at one point in time. yeah, you know there there are these unintentional things that we do as moms. And what I was noticing, at least with the moms that I in, was encountering, mm-hmm. was that they were more critical. And when I say critical, they would, you know, make comments, say for their sons. They would be more. Uh, lacks. Oh, mm-hmm. look at him rumble and t- r- you know, rustle and tussle over there. Oh, he knocked that down. Da, da, da. Whereas mm-hmm. when the when the daughter would too, it, it'd be like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, can you believe that she just like did prim that?" prim and
1: proper need to be like
2: y- Yeah, not not even necessarily prim and proper, but it's almost like nitpicking at something yeah. that but It's not that they were intentionally doing that. It was unintentional. It's Mm -hmm. just these off the cuff Mm -hmm. comments like, oh, look at her. She's just being such a flirt or, Mm. you know, look at, look at her. She's just, and what they wouldn't realize is that the comments that they were making really were reminiscent of, because I would also hear them talking about the relationship with their own mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there were different Mm -hmm. pain points that they were, have not resolved that they Mm -hmm. were then kind of. Uh, I hate using psychobabble, but projecting onto (laughs) their daughters uh, unintentionally, because I don't think any good intentioned mom wakes up today, you know, wakes up in the morning and says, how can I now (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, you're on absolutely my you're right. You know, oh, what I mean? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all wake up in the day and we're like, okay, today's a new day, and right. we rush off. And even today is a is a is a perfect example. Every day, yep. I wake up and I'm like, okay, stay patient. You know, I always make this promise to myself. Well, if somebody starts yelling and screaming, okay, Lindsay, you're gonna go down. You're gonna walk over. You're gonna say nothing. You're gonna get down to their eye level. You're gonna look yes. at them and just say, I'm right here. And mm. then you're gonna, you know, say, Do you need anything? Do you need my help? And if they don't, then you can walk away at that point and tend to the next thing, but like try to get down. And every day I am going to do that. And half the time I don't, (laughs) you know know (laughs) what I mean? Like it's just like, it's life. Like it's hard. Motherhood and parenting is the hardest thing I think that anybody could ever do. Right. It's something that you never clock out of. It's something you're always doing. And It can be really hard, you know, like if you're like, I just want minutes to myself, you can't get that sometime, depending on, you know, what time of the day it is. You just, it's it's not possible and you have to try to work through it. So it's- I hear you on
2: that. And I'd actually kind of want to add a different spin. I think that there's this, and this is one of my pet peeves, where there's this external societal, I don't know where it comes from, age-old expectation that moms have to be on all the time. Mm. And, and first off, if we just talk pure science, physics, you cannot run a battery indefinitely. All right. <laughs> it's going
1: to die. It's going to run
2: out. <laughs> exactly. And so my, my contention is that moms need to realize what script they have in their head, what have they bought into that might not be working for them. Mm-hmm. So if if they've bought into the script of you have to be on all the time but your body's tired and you just realize that you flipped out on your kid one too many times is it working for you? That's where the pause comes in and you need to think about well what do I want to do differently? There's this other thing that's insidious out there and it's called mom guilt. We all know it, mm-hmm. all right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, everybody and you know,
2: <laughs> and the thing about that mom guilt is that we need to. One way to flip the script on it, and I would just put this out for folks to consider, is that the expectation that you be perfect is is an expectation that is unreasonable, and that instead, if you can look at those imperfections being opportunities for you to have a new kind of connection with your daughter, that will help you in the long run. Because it's not so much what your daughter needs from you is to see you modeling life. Life is not perfect. Life happens. I put that in quotations. You can fill in the blanks. And so if she sees how you recover from those moments, that's going to end up building psychologically speaking, the resiliency, the resolve, the fortitude to know that she herself will have the skills necessary to rebound from whatever life throws at her. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, if you live this life of perfection where you act like you're perfect all the time and then you're not able to say, apologize for something that might've happened. Oh yeah. I, I totally, totally agree. And I, last night, you know, getting the four kids to bed and, and my husband's working and my son, he'll just, he'll go on these, like, he needs to get involved in something. Like right now, he's <laughs> he's not in anything. So he's like, yeah, uh, using the house as his jungle gym and, um, uh, you know, running back and forth and, mm-hmm. and flashing his arms, hitting people in the process. And so I'm um, like, you know, I'm raising my voice, trying mm-hmm. to get him into his room. And, you know, of course, just flip the switch and just... Mm-hmm off the rails. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, okay. And he's, he's only four, but you know what? He still understands these things. So I sit him down, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have a whole conversation once he's calm, because when he's still in that moment, it's really pretty impossible to get through. So we just sit there, we wait and you know, you wait 10, 15 minutes. And then, you know, last night I actually, we, we entered a different realm that we've, we've never gone through before. You know, typically before it was just like, you know, he'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, I'm sorry for, raising my voice and I should have handled it differently. I could have said this or done this. And, and I'll always give an example of how I could have handled it better. Right. And he'll be like, you know, yeah, sorry. I, you know, whatever he says, as far as like, you know, what he had done wrong. But right. last night he looked at me and, you know, we we're in bed and uh, I was reading my book and we we're cuddling and, you know i said i'm i'm sorry i raised my voice and i i should have brought you in your room and just sat with you quietly until you had calmed down a little bit you know and then we could have brushed our teeth and just kind of like ran through the scenario again mm-hmm. differently and you know apologized again and then he looked at me and he goes mommy i'm so sorry i hit you i didn't mean to do that and he said it in a way that oh. I was just like so grown up and so and i was like oh yes. my gosh yes. like i didn't even know he had it in him you know like i was actually like <laughs> oh my gosh. But those, I feel like those moments are so, they're so important for them to, you know, be able to work through conflict and, and, and talk about, uh, you know it's not okay to behave this way but sometimes right. we do and as long as we we talk about it afterwards we're we're apologetic you know we we talk it through with that other person i mean it's like so important and if you don't see that modeled mm-hmm. you know that's how years down the road when you have your own kids that's when you have to work through the through those things and figure them out as an adult you know right right yeah right. no yeah.
2: And, and it's beautiful how you've set that pattern with him i, I think If if moms can draw any income, I'm so glad you shared that example because you're planting seeds Mm -hmm. (laughs) in whatever you do, and um, the ones that you've been planting with him in terms of how you've determined it might not have been consistent Mm -hmm. all the time, but what happens is when you are in those moments, that's actually planting it, watering it, and, and Repeatedly, that consistency. It's Mm -hmm. not perfect consistency, it's just consistency.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: And so, and there you have it. Something just sprouted up. That's Mm -hmm, awesome. mm -hmm,
1: That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. It was pretty cool to see. I was like, oh my gosh, you just apologized (laughs) to me like a big, (laughs) like a big old man. I can't believe (laughs) it. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So,
2: wait, how old are your daughters again? So, my daughters
1: are eight, six, and one.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, now I have and then the picture. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then my little guy's four. Yes. So I would love to talk about what we can do on a daily basis to, you know, give our our girls who are mm-hmm. going off to school every day mm-hmm. that confidence that they need to, you know, I my my oldest. You know, how, you know, your kids all have different personalities, right? Of yes. Course. And yes. So, yes you don't want to, I've always been, my husband's like, you have to be careful. You're like, you're saying that they're usually like this, but we don't, you know, they're, they're still growing and they're still, and which is so true. So it's hard to remember sometimes, but you know, some are shyer than others. And, but again, like they can change over time. So it's, I try not to, you know, generalize like how their personalities are, but you know, I have one who's very aggressive and it's all about her and she doesn't care a lot about what other people think, which is good and bad, you know, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And so I worry a little bit less about her confidence as opposed to my other daughter who cares what other people think a lot. Mm -hmm. and isn't out as outspoken and things like that. So mm-hmm. is there something that we can be doing um, you know, more on a daily basis that is is giving them that confidence that they need to kind of tackle their day and go off to school and then allowing them to have a safe place to come home and tell us about their day, like good, bad, and indifferent?
2: Yeah. Uh, again, folks would think that even because I have twins that they're the same. They're not. Mm -hmm. And so, it's good to keep in mind their different temperaments and personalities. Though I would stray away from aggressive, as opposed to assertive words. Words matter. So, yeah. With that said, the thing that uh, is going to be really important to keep in mind, especially given the ages of your your children and your daughters, is as your oldest, as they're about to, when they're the age that they are, it's really about setting instructions for them and sort of giving them, I'm, I'm putting rules in quotations, meaning things that they need to know about how to conduct themselves outside. Okay. So for instance, letting them know that their no is to be respected, that there are boundaries that need to be respected, that if it's a value in your family for things like, you know, kindness and con- con- courtesy mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. that you're instructing them in that with an eye towards as they're getting older, say the two your two oldest mm-hmm. are getting into like the middle school horizon, that you're complimenting them on things that they are good at doing because right now they just need affirmation about who they are. so even though she your your second child daughter might be quiet, well, as a mom. You might think, okay, that's going to be a problem, quote unquote, later on. I want her to be. You might want to look for things about her character wise that you value. Mm-hmm. So if she's quiet, so that might mean she's a thinker or whatnot, or she's creative, mm-hmm. uh, or she's considerate. Those are the kinds of things you want to start affirming within her so that she has a sense of herself. It's almost like these things that you like to empower your daughter. It's really about giving them space to know, grow, and flow. Mm -hmm. The know is they need to, at that age, start knowing who they are. So you're mirroring to them, oh, wow, you were so kind to your sister here, or look how creative you are here, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then with your oldest, okay, you used the word aggressive. Maybe we don't have time to, like, go into that too much. But in terms of, okay, in her assertiveness or active <laughs> motion towards stuff <laughs> for the purpose of her own self. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you might compliment her things on, like, her fortitude,
3: mm-hmm.
2: her get-up-and-go-ness mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. stuff, um, and then sort of try to 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 fashion and add on things like empathy. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if someone did X to you that way? You know, just bringing her attention. And then as that's that's you mirroring stuff so that they'll know themselves. The grow part is really about engaging them empathically. And that's where the building the empathy within them Mm -hmm. so that they know that their feelings matter and their reasons as to why a child might be quiet or a child might be, as you put it, aggressive we want to touch touch in touch base with their feelings what are they feeling in those moments and then the flow is really about as they move on into uh you know other social realms as they go up the educational ladder really about giving them supportive space to actually be with themselves and and flow in the things that they're good at gifted at so that would be like the overall thing is really just attending to you know, them being seen, them being heard, and them being understood as it relates to their feelings, as it relates to their physical space. That's so important, especially mm-hmm. for young girls. Not that boys don't matter and that things can't happen to them, but especially for girls. Mm-hmm. And then that they're being understood that, you, that someone gets them, that you, mom, get them.
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Welliments. I have worked alongside this brand for quite a few years now and can attest to the high quality and efficacy of their products. All of their products are certified organic, preservative free, and bottled in glass. Their products range from daily vitamin and mineral supplements to products to help with tummy troubles, teething, and the sniffles. Personally, we have loved their vitamin D drops for our infants, their tooth oil, and cough medicine. They are actively building out their children's line and they just launched immune support, elderberry and multivitamin gummies, and probiotic stick packs. If you are looking for a great gift for a mother to be, their O oh Baby Bundle would be perfect. It includes all of their best selling newborn products, including grape water, vitamin D drops, chest and foot rub, and more. You can use the code Medicine for 20% off at checkout. You can find all of these details in the show notes as well. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I really love that because this is something I started doing, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago when mm-hmm. I had spoke with somebody. I don't know if it was my therapist or what, who it was, but they said, you know, more important than talking to your child about uh, what they're doing wrong right? We do that all the time, right? That's, that's, I, I yeah. feel like as, as parents, <laughs> right? We we're like, we're the parent, we need to make sure that they're safe, that right. they're not doing anything wrong, you know, that they're not hitting each other, whatever it is. So like, it's like, oh, don't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, oh you know, like, kind of like bossing them around, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really, I mean, I, I really try not to do that, but it is very hard. But giving them praise on what they're doing well is something that I personally, Still, don't do enough, and mm-hmm. uh, i I made progress, but still again, don't do it enough. Like if the kids are playing nicely together in the playroom all together while I'm cooking dinner,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm noticing that while I'm cooking dinner, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is nice. But how often do I go in the room and say, you are all playing so nicely together. It is such a pleasure to be able to cook dinner, and you you're all in here playing really nicely, um, including everyone, and just acknowledging that yes. moment with them. You yes. know, and so I love that you said that. You know, just kind of like telling them, I really liked how you did this. You know, or that interaction with that person was was really great. I really loved how you do that. And you know, just kind of like letting them know who they are, and that you're seeing them. You know, when they're doing these amazing things is so important.
2: Yeah, I'd actually, in terms of the delivery of the message,
3: mm.
2: I think it's important for moms, uh, and again, I'm just going to stick with moms and daughters here, mm-hmm. it's very important to make the compliment one that's all about them, not mm-hmm. about how it's affecting you. So it's it's more of, wow, you're so creative, or mm-hmm. look at how you were able to do that, or you know, you really did that really well. Or you're such a nice, and then fill in the blank. Because I found that, again, I, I'm having my psych hat on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, yeah. please put your um, psych like hat on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, is that when we as moms start injecting ourselves, i.e. using the I word or saying how it's affecting you, there's this really weird Dynamic that happens between moms and daughters where, in all your good intentions, you end up really negating your daughter's sense of who she is mm-hmm. apart from you.
1: Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and
2: you're unintentionally connecting her to you mm-hmm. when she's really going on the arc of discovering herself apart mm-hmm. from you.
1: Yeah. So no, that, that makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and And like you said, words are so important. It's really, yes. really, it's so hard when you're in the moment and you're mm-hmm. like oh these words these words what am i saying you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um but like you said too before is is pausing like if you need to do that you need to do that and and gather you know what you what you want to say in that moment and have it delivered in the way that you want it delivered so yeah
2: that's why i do what i do as a mother daughter relationship personal trainer is to really come alongside moms i take them through a very Systematic. It's, it's something I developed over the last twenty years. It's called the Life Mirror Remedy Process,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and it, it takes a mom through a journey of you know examining what's going on, looking at um, what the patterns are, prioritizing, and then building new boundaries around like something that I just told you in terms of the phrasing and stuff, and then giving them strategies for reengaging with their daughter in a way that's more strategically intentional.
1: So, let me ask you about arguments. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh god. Yes. Because it's, it 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 does feel never ending sometimes. <laughs> yes. You know, about all different types of things.
2: Let me ask you, who who are you arguing with? Who do you find yourself know, myself.
1: arguing with? Um no. Um <laughs> It's a whole other podcast episode, right, Dr. hearing Yes. No. So, like I had mentioned before, so it's it's different personalities. <laughs> and one is very assertive. You know, she's very – right? Did I get it right this time? Okay. Oh, do I think this – I think she's going to – I think this is going to serve her well. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yes, I mean – I know. I I'm totally I am also, uh, she's following in my footsteps.
3: <laughs> you know what This
2: I mean? is good to know. <laughs> you know?
1: But it's hard sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. and she'll just – she'll argue with me about whatever she wants to, really. It could be about the fact that there's a fly on the wall, but there isn't, you know, and and there is in in her, you know, opinion. So so I guess what can we do in those moments, you know, where is it – if it's not something that is super important, do I just – move along and not even address it completely like what what's the best thing to do in some of these scenarios to I want to be able to to use those moments to make our relationship stronger right and yes. and build yes. that uh, space that makes it feel that she's safe to always be there right so I don't want yes. to be argumentative with her that would lead her to be pushed away from me so right. what can I be doing in those moments?
2: Well, there's so many things I can say, <laughs> right? <now. laughs> so because there, there are many layers to this. Yeah. I guess the first layer would be really asking yourself as you pause to consider your behavior, what's going on in your body? That's the first thing. Okay. And so what's going on in your body? That was not a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. You need to answer that. Question. Oh, so that is Because I'm not generalizing here. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah.
1: So probably in that in that particular moment, I can mm-hmm. tell you that in most cases we are most likely in a stressful situation. So the baby's probably crying, and the other two are probably running around, and I'm feeling stressed. I okay. feel tense. I feel okay. Yeah, so that's typically okay. I will say you know I don't know eight times out of ten that's okay. probably how I'm feeling.
2: That's good to know because then what you need to do now that you've identified how you how you're feeling in that moment, if it's stress and you just painted a wonderful picture, I know it's not wonderful at the time, but a wonderful mm-hmm. picture of what's going on. Then what you need to do is really figure out what can you do in moments like that to. Decrease the stress.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's the first thing. I'm not, that's a whole nother episode. So, and then, and then, and then, and then the next thing you want to do is uh, just in terms of uh, a handy tool would be to, if your daughter is, I guess you say there's a fly on the wall and she says there isn't, <laughs> as opposed to saying, oh, yes, there is, and really fighting to yeah. have the last word, come back at her with, well, what is it that makes you start with the what?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What what is it that makes you think that there's a fly not on the not a, there's mm-hmm. no fly on the wall, really that yeah. that that will actually diffuse the situation. <laughs> the situation. <laughs> I'm not saying it's yeah. going to decrease the stress. Yeah, because that's a whole nother, As I said, that's a whole nother episode. But yeah. first and foremost, notice I started off with. What's going on in your body in that moment? And you just identified stress, which means it's really not about your daughter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's so crazy. It, and, you know, I, I do think, you know, obviously our kids feed off of yes. the vibe, right? Yes. And so I I do feel like it's always everything at once, but that's probably because it just builds up and builds up and then it's everything at once. And and this is just for people listening. I, I have found mm-hmm. this helpful, so this might be helpful for other people. I have started playing classical music uh, or jazz mm-hmm. in the whole house. You know, I have like a speaker, and and I'll put on jazz, uh, mm-hmm. especially when I'm doing breakfast time or dinner time by myself. I find it obviously it's 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 more difficult to do all of those things when you're you know solo. And right. kudos right. to those single parents because yes. I, I really it's oh my gosh. <laughs> I have found that it decreases my stress level significantly, you know? Mm-hmm. And now my oldest daughter, I've noticed her so crazy. Things will be starting to escalate, you know, Yeah, whatever's happening. The dog's going crazy, then the baby, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And my oldest will say, Mom, can we put on the jazz music? And I'm hmm. like, oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, isn't there something to be said about that? Yes. You know, she's yes. like starting to sense that the stress level is increasing. Right. And she's like, Mom, you know, you like to put on that jazz music. Like when stuff, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and and
2: actually, in that moment, in addition to saying, you know, you're right, say thank you so much for thinking of that. That was very thoughtful of you.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Right
2: there in that moment, you're acknowledging you acknowledge that. Yeah. And then you're also building her her sense of empathy. Like yeah, being empathic. Yeah. So yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Perfect. <laughs> Ooh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Two birds with one
3: stone.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know, and and since you alluded to single moms out there, and I, I have a really soft spot for single moms because I was raised by one, mm-hmm. and even those moms who say have husbands or partners who are traveling mm-hmm. and things of that nature, and things fall on them, you know, there's something to be said. And I know it's hard for moms to ask for help, but there's something to be said for asking for help, mm-hmm. say from other supports. Uh, Or, really, if you haven't asked for help, really take stock of who's in your corner. And that was one of the reasons why I started my Facebook group, Mother Daughter Connections Face FB, because I wanted moms to have a space where they knew that they could actually come and we don't care how you come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that you're just there and that there's nothing off like, that you can't share Mm
3: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. uh, in the group. uh, And I'm very particular about who's in the group so that we can have that safe space uh, for folks. That's
1: wonderful. Yeah. And it can be hard when you don't have those supports, especially nearby and and near you and and people to confide in. Right. Yeah, that's great. Do you mind if I, I... pull up a couple of questions that I sure. received for you. Okay, sure. let's see here. What do we have? How to handle comments from friends and or family such as you look or act just like your mom. So, I guess they're probably obviously saying this to the child while also promoting individuality.
2: So, this is something that someone is saying to Yeah,
1: so I you no. know, assuming um, you know, someone goes up to your child and they're like, "Oh, you look just like your mom. You act just like her." how do you handle something like that? Yeah. As a mom, you
2: are the holder of the space and hope for your child. And so uh, one of the things that pains me also uh, is when I see moms abdicating their authority, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a mom, you have authority. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm
3: -hmm.
2: Okay. And so in those moments, if someone is making a comment to your child about that, you could say, oh, that's, that's nice, but, you know, she's just so, and then make sure you have like two or three things, but she's so, and then fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. You know, well, she's very creative and mm-hmm. da, 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 and just really compliment other aspects of her that yes. make you her uniquely her. That will go such a long way uh, in helping your daughter not see other people's comments as having so much weight. And seeing that you're standing up for her individuality, so yes, yeah. yeah, speak up, yeah. mom.
1: Yes, yeah, speak up. <laughs> <laughs> speak up. So I. So okay, this is a question that I think is 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 a good one too. Kids, obviously, I feel like it's it can be very hard growing up, right? And and mm-hmm. you can start getting bullied at a young age, or uh, vice versa, uh, being the bully and if your child comes home and there is that safe place and they say to you you know i'm being bullied at school i don't know what to do
3: mm-hmm.
1: what would you what would you say to that child what would you what would you say to your daughter if she came home and, and said that to you actually that would did you? Happen, that did happen to me oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually she was assaulted on the school bus and okay. in that moment it was like i became three different people in that moment, I was the little girl who was physically abused by family members. Mm-hmm. I was the irate <laughs> mama bear who wanted to bulldoze everybody.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then I was, mom, here's my daughter. She's hurting. What do I do? And so the first words out of my mouth, well, one, it. the first thing that any mom should do. And what I did in the moment was acknowledge your daughter's experience as being valid. Don't dismiss it, empathize with her feelings, and then assure her of your support to get whatever supports she needs uh, taken care of. I'm not going to belabor the journey that I went through with our daughter and the school that she was in, at, at the time. Mm-hmm. But what I will say and that I learned from the experience and I actually had on my podcast, um, Mother Daughter Connections, I had a mom from Canada talk about her experience with her daughter. And we just sat there almost like cry-
3: <laughs> crying mm.
2: because it, school systems are not necessarily built to, I'm talking about the systems, are not Innately built to support victims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to say this as without like getting totally. <laughs> yeah. So it becomes incumbent upon a mom, parent to make sure that they are advocating for their their mm-hmm. child, in, in this case, daughter at the school. Be prepared to possibly get runarounds. Mm hmm it's almost like things are rigged to oh not until something devastating mm-hmm. happens are they mm-hmm. going to step in. Yeah. and so you don't want to tell your daughter this. <laughs> so what <laughs> so what you want to make sure that you do is that you're encouraging and instructing your daughter to report to the teacher, the immediate teacher and report to the principal every single little instance
3: mm-hmm.
2: in which they are encroached upon. Mm -hmm. Document everything, get the police involved if need be. And again, I'm not an attorney, I'm not whatever, but you know, cover your bases. But first and foremost, you need to daily communicate and demonstrate to your daughter that she, she can talk to you about it at any point in time, that her experiences are valid, and that you're supporting of her and will be doing what you need to do as a parent.
1: And in that moment, how are you telling her to handle the situation? Is she just ignoring it, and and if she can, if she's not on a school bus, for example, walking away, or is she saying, you know, is she telling them assertively, you know, don't do that, or you can't speak to me that way, or is she, like, are they, is she saying anything in that moment, or is she just like leaving the situation?
2: Again, every situation is different. Again, I don't know where your listeners are. You know, different geographical locations might have different tenors and ten. So I can't really say what you specifically will say to your daughter. All you can make sure that you're doing is, again, letting her know that you hear her, that she can come and talk to you, that if something happens, she needs to go to directly to her teacher and directly to the principal. Those are like the key things. You know, for all I know, I mean, I I was brought up in the day if someone, (laughs) if you were to respond back to a bully because I was bullied when, you know, it was fight time. (laughs) You you know, (laughs) I mean, literally fast forward, maybe a couple of decades, you know, Mm -hmm. folks are pulling out weapons. So everything is different now. Yeah. Yeah. And so the main thing is you want to make sure that you're, I might sound like a broken record, (laughs) really (laughs) getting down on her level and saying, I hear you. Tell me more about what you're feeling. How does this make you feel? Just give her that space to express it to you and then let her know, I hear you. Make sure that you, honey, if something else happens, are you going to the t? And then you follow up with the teacher and Mm -hmm. the principal immediately. My daughter has said X, Y, and Z. You start that paper trail. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, I'm not an attorney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're not, you have uh, a
2: lot of, I mean, I think I should have been, very long. I, I think I should have been in another life. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, these are the things that I've just learned from experience. And, and again, you know, I could go off on systems because as a psychologist, you know, they never told us in my doctoral program because I've as in my psycho my doctoral training, I've worked in inpatient, outpatient, community mental health centers, mm-hmm. school settings. I've worked in all of those, and as the clinician on the other side, but I, I nothing ever prepared me for being on the side where now I'm the parent, and I know what kind of empathy and stuff needs to be coming forward from the other side because I used to be on the other side. Right. And so that's why I was saying at the beginning systems are not built to be compassionate. People are compassionate. So you really, you know, they have the capacity to be compassionate. So you really need to make sure that you are following through on, you know, having your daughter report whatever needs to report be reported to whoever needs to be reported to and then making sure you're following up with those said entities and really just pleading your case. And if it has to get legal, you do what you need to do.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: So, okay. Uh, I think this is going to be a good question. I'm gonna,
2: uh, yeah, I'm going to comment myself down. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: We don't want to talk about school
2: systems. No, 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 yeah, but-
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, you're, granted, you know, they, they are anyone who's a teacher or in an administrator you are in the most noble admirable professions and callings to be impacting and influencing mm-hmm. our children mm-hmm. the way that you do so i my heart is big for you know folks who are in that field systems are systems <laughs> And so we have to just at least understand that. I'm thinking of times where, say, for our twin daughters, say, when they were in high school and they encountered certain system things, you know, I would seriously empathize with them about what they were feeling and, and thinking at the time and would just provide that space. And then once they got everything out, then it was like, okay, now here's how you game plan. Mm -hmm. to address the situation. Mm -hmm. That's part of the empowerment. Empowerment isn't just you bestow power on someone, but they have to have wisdom about how you, and that takes instruction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you give us some small, simple takeaways to add into our daily life to help nurture the mother-daughter relationship? Small, simple takeaways. Like something we can do on a daily basis, you know, just concentrating on certain, yeah, certain small little things.
2: Yes. It starts with you, mom. How nice are you being to yourself? Because that's something was said to me when I was, again, in my doctoral training, but I ascribe it to just being a parent. You are your tool. (laughs) So you really need to keep tabs on how you are doing as a mom, as a woman. And so if there's something as small and simple, when you get up and start the day, I call it the the mirror greeting. Look at yourself in the mirror, smile, and look at you. Find one thing <laughs> that you want to compliment yourself about and smile at yourself and tell yourself that positive thing in the mirror. Every morning when I wake up, I look in the mirror and I go, you know, beautiful. I just tell myself that cuz I know that that's something that I need for myself. My husband tells me that all the time, but I need to tell myself <laughs> that. And so that ends up, you'd be surprised. There's research around when you smile, it releases the endorphins. It puts you in a in a, in a different mindset. If you can do that every single day for yourself, and if you miss a day, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. But do that for yourself, and then as you're encountering your daughter every morning, Communicate something that indicates that you see her. We can easily fall into the, you know, it's time to make the donuts <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of thing. But if we don't acknowledge our daughters, actually turn full body, not on with a phone, not in your hand, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, a spatula, not in your hand, and just greet them that will go a long way overall because she will have that seed and memory of, oh, my mom was glad to see me. And that will feed into her sense of self, especially as she's entering those tween years, teen years, they're going to be bombarded by so much. They need Mm -hmm. to know mom's that safe space. So if you have young ones, really just fully in greeting greeting your daughter. And then if you have daughters who are in the teenage years, and I I don't stereotype saying, oh, they don't need you, they need you even more. So they just need you to be present differently. So if you can, as a mom of teens, you want to make sure that you're practicing the two ears, one mouth, that you're doing twice as much listening.
3: Mm,
1: Yeah.
2: And less talking in terms of and be picky about where you actually interject the words coming at her with more of a, so how are you doing? What's going on? And if they don't answer you, that's okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm here. (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting you say that. I mean, that's like the majority of my teenagehood with my mother. She was so great with that. (laughs) So great with that. Okay. Like I would come home every day and she, we would, you know, be in the kitchen and she'd look at me, Lindsay, how was your day? How are you doing? I don't, I don't know that I ever answered her. I don't know that I ever answered her. But she, every Mm -hmm. single day, she asked me and she would keep asking me questions, you know, like if you want to, you know, talk about anything during your day, you know, I'm here and blah, blah. blah. I'm like, and I turn and be like, Mom, I didn't talk to you about it yesterday. I'm not going to talk to you about it today. (laughs) I'm not going to talk to you about it tomorrow. You know, it's just, I mean, (laughs) raising teens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. My mom always says to me, oh, honey, you wait, you've got, you know, four kids now that are going to go through. I said, you know what? One of them's going to talk to me. One of them.
2: But wait, let me ask you this, yeah. though.
1: That's a powerful memory for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was always she was always asking me how my day was. And I we always joke back and forth because she's like, nope, you never, you never really did talk to me about your day, did you?
2: Well, if she's listening, that, that's that's that she planted some really cool seed. Yeah, in you because I'm re- hearkening back to when you were telling me how you would talk to your son.
1: Yeah, you
2: know, and how you engaged with him. You have the, the the you have that in you now. Yeah, that you're now doing differently, and at least asking the questions. Oh, how do I do this with my eight year old aggressive yeah. slash yeah. assertive daughter? Yeah, You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I do. It's it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to ask you two random questions. These are not at all about the episode today, or they can be either way. Okay. But I asked them of all my interviewees. So the first question is, if you could give just one piece of advice to mothers, uh, new moms, you know, mm-hmm. moms that have been around for a while, what would it
2: be? Remember
1: that you
2: are enough and that your daughter or son... Your kids have you as a mom for a reason, and it's all good.
1: It's all good. Yes. It's all good. Yes. Yes. And then the second question is, if you could make one meal for your family that everyone would eat that is relatively quick and easy. So this is getting complicated, right? Quick, easy. (laughs) Everyone will eat it. (laughs) You really got to pause on this one. Right. What would it be? Well,
2: the 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 reason why I'm laughing is because I am not a cook.
1: <laughs> so
3: who's the cook in uh, your family?
2: And so, uh, well, we kind of i've i've learned over the years how to at least make food that doesn't kill them. So, <laughs> <laughs> and they've eaten everything, yeah, and they're good and healthy. So I figured I must have figured something out. But yeah. the thing that they that they really like that I make is it's this combination of like a meat dish with noodles. Uh, I, I, it's just mom's concoct. It's the thing. My mom, <laughs> my mom used to be able to do this, you know, cause yeah, we grew up yeah. poor in the South Bronx and she would just, you know, open the cupboard. There was barely anything in it, but for some reason she was able to make something tasty out of whatever is in there. I need
1: that. Uh, you but know? What, what, and... <laughs> I can never do that. Well,
2: I seem to have picked up that. So there's this thing where if they see that I've actually defrosted some hamburger meat, they know something tasty is coming because I will take things out of the cupboard and like throw it together. And so that is what I would make. And they would all eat it.
3: Yeah. And they're like,
2: wow, you seasoned that really nicely, <laughs> Uh, I don't have a name for it. It's just mom's concoction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Oh, Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Dearing, for taking the time to let us know, uh, you know, about how we can instill this confidence in our daughters. And for all of your wisdom today, it was wonderful. Thank you so much.
2: I've had such a great time. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much for hanging out with us today.